We are ready to begin 2 Samuel, and we are in chapter 5, um, the aftermath of uh, Ishbosheth's beheading. And uh, if you remember, the, we were ready, about ready to start verse 3. In the first two verses, the uh, tribes of Israel had gathered together to David and kind of promised to support him. All right. So we're starting with verse 3 of chapter 5. Vayavo'u kol zikne Yisrael el hamelech chevrona. And all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron. Okay. Vayikrot lahem hamelech David berit bechevron lifne Yahweh. And he made with them, notice the karat, he made with them lahem, namely ha Hamelech David, the King David, and now here's the object, Berit. So notice it's, it's very woodenly cut a covenant, but we would say, and he made with them, namely King David did, a covenant in Hebron, Lifne Yahweh, before Yahweh. Alright? Um, and they anointed, Mashach is to anoint, and they anointed David Lamelech as king over Israel. And now notice how key that is. He was already considered the leader of Judah, so now he's the king over Israel. And notice they anointed him. He had already been anointed by Samuel in 1 Samuel 16. So here he was anointed by the elders um, when he took over. So here you see the first time the kingdoms are truly united. You know, I don't know if they ever were quite under Saul, but here you see that consolidating happening. And stability brought to the kingdom, as you will see. Questions? Yeah. The, the anointing by the elders. Yeah. That kind of caught me off guard. How, how often do the elders do the anointing? I don't know. It's a good question, and I didn't I didn't think to uh, kind of look at that. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if it'd be interesting to see who anointed. How often it even mentions kings being anointed and who. So I, was thinking, I don't, I don't Solomon know. Solomon ever being anointed. Like he's that. Just, he's just like inherited. Right. He just inherits, and then doesn't. Uh, but doesn't Nathan the prophet or Zadok the prophet, the oh, priest, Nathan. anoint him? Uh, remember when Adonijah was trying to take over later on? Yeah, so you do have that. But the elders coming together. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You see the unity maybe involved uh, and the politics behind getting Israel and Judah together. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, yeah. And <coughs> see when, you, when it says Israel here, are you – I'm, I'm assuming that it means Israel in distinction from Judah and not Israel and Judah because it's been Israel in distinction from Judah previous to this. So I'm assuming that, but I, I guess we can't be sure. Hmm. Good. Anything else on chapter 3 or verse 3? All right, verse 4. Ben Shalashim Shana David Be Malko. All right. So this is a typical way that you mention someone's age. A son of 30... And then Shana, notice that that's the singular for year. It's kind of interesting. In the numbers from 2 to 10, the noun that it goes with is virtually always plural, as you'll see. From the numbers from like 11 to 19, the nouns are mostly plural, but you get a few more singular. And then when you get from like 20 through 90, the nouns are by and large in the singular. 
especially when you get the very common nouns like year, you know, one year, one day, yom, ish, one man. Those tend to be uh, more singular as well. So it's kind of interesting. You'll see both. You'll see both here. So a son of 30 years was David. So namely, David was 30 years old. Bemalko. Notice that that is a call. Infinitive construct, first year guys, plus third masculine singular suffix with a bait. So when he became king, in his becoming king, literally. So a son of 30 years was David in his becoming king, or when he became king. All right. Arbaim, that's 40 Shana. Notice Shana is singular again. 40 years, Malak, he reigned. Again, a call, third masculine, singular, perfect. So 30 years old was David when he became king. For 40 years he reigned. All right? Questions about that? All right, verse 5, we get some more. Bechevron, Malak al-Yehuda, Shavashanim, Veshishacharashim. Okay? Now, in Hebron, Malak, he reigned over Judah for seven years. Notice seven and then the plural is shanim, years. So there you see the distinction. It's kind of weird from our perspective. I don't know if that makes a great deal of sense or not, but that's just what you see happening. And again, it's, it's, that's uh, by and large true. You know, you'll always find exceptions, though. So in Hebron, he reigned over Judah for seven years and shishachadashim, and six months. All right, notice months is plural. Chodesh chadashim, remember? Chodesh chadashim is month. So in six months. So notice the seven and the six are plural. The nouns are plural. Okay. Uvi Rushalim Malak Shaloshim Veshalosh Shana. And in Jerusalem, he reigned for thirty and three years. All right. And again, notice Shana is singular. All right. Um, so notice how it finishes up. Al Kol Yisrael Vihuda. So, and in Jerusalem, he reigned for 33 years over all Israel and Judah. So, notice the author makes the point that the kingdom was united for David when he was, uh, his capital was in Jerusalem for 33 years. All right? It's really kind of interesting biographical kind of little details you get there. All right? Any questions through those first three verses? All right? All right, verse 6 then. Vayelech HaMelech Vanashav Yerushalayim El HaYevushi Yoshev HaAretz. All right. Vayelech. Then the king went, Halak. Okay, call in perfect box. Then the king went and his men. Okay, so then the king and his men went Yerushalayim to Jerusalem. All right, so notice what the author is doing. He's tell, he gave you his the whole boundaries of his reign in verses 4 and 5 in his age. Now he's going back to tell you how he got Jerusalem. Because remember, Jerusalem, he didn't just walk into Jerusalem. Okay? So David, so the king and his men went to Jerusalem to the Yevusi, to the Jebusite. And notice that this is a Gentilic form. The Jebusites were the people who were living in Jerusalem. And so while you have a singular here, it means the group of people called the Jebusites. Okay, So they went to Jerusalem, to the, and in English style, we'd almost have to use the plural here, to the Jebusites who were um, dwelling. See, 
it, notice that that's a call participle. So the Jebusites, and, and there's no article with it. Again, Samuel, the text, that's, you, you just get less standard Hebrew here. Okay, So he and his men went to Jerusalem to the Jebusites living Haaretz on the land or in the land. Okay, Vayomer le David le mor. And now notice when you translate, and he said to David, the first question is, who said? And what it means is the Jebusites said. So they said. Or you could translate it as an impersonal. It was said to David. And the implied subject is, or agent, is by the Jebusites. Okay. Lamor saying, Lo tavo hena. You shall not enter hena. Here, that's an adverb, means here. You shall not enter here. Okay. Now, this is kind of an interesting, kind of obscure phrase that's coming up in Hebrew. It's rather famous, though. Ki'im hesirika ha'ivrim v'hapischim lemor lo yavod David hena. Okay. Ki'im is a very emphatic particle. Surely or certainly. Okay. Now, hesirika. Everyone see the root of that? It's from sur. To turn, here it's the hyphial, so it's direct object. It's a transitive verb. It's a hyphial perfect third masculine singular from sur. So it means um, to remove. All right. Notice it's a perfect form, but you have to translate it as, as if it were future. So you would translate it like this. And remember, we have a few of these kind of preterite forms, even though it's not a preterite in form, but the meaning uh, is not past. Okay, so notice they said to David, "You shall not enter here." Certainly, the blind, the Ivrim, and the Pischim, certainly the blind and the lame will remove you. Okay. Now and now, notice the lamor here. Lamor meaning. So the author is going to tell us what that means. Lo yavo David hena meaning David will not enter here. So in other words, I think, I think what most people think or how they interpret the line as even the blind and lame people can take you out of here. In other words, they're saying he's not very strong. So you're not going to come here. Even the blind and lame will be able to hold you off. See? Um, so that was their kind of way of not only saying that he's not going to enter, but making fun of him at the same time. And as you know, you don't make fun of David. Yeah, like my yeah, yeah. Even my yeah. See, my gra yeah, my grandma could hold you off. Yeah. See, that's what's kind of saying. All right. It's kind of weird. It's I mean actually it's a pretty well known line here. Okay. So we. Okay. So now, any questions on verse six? First of all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, very often, again, in Hebrew text, and especially something like Samuel, you just don't get the real standard language. You'd like a directive hey there or a preposition, but you don't. You just get a, an accusative attached. And so notice that the context kind of makes it obvious what Jerusalem is. And so we've seen that pretty often here. This text, for some reason, doesn't give us those nice markers that you like.
So that's what's happening, yeah. So you shouldn't be bothered by that because it happens kind of all the time, as we've seen. All right, any other questions? All right. Now notice it doesn't give you any details. He just moves on. Vayilko uh, David. So David captured at Metsudat Zion. Uh, Metsudat, it notice, is a construct from the noun Metsudat, which means stronghold, it seems here. Tzud is the word for to hunt. All right. And so, so David captured the stronghold of Zion, of Zion. It is the Ir David. It is the city of David. And we would probably say that is the city of David. So there's two names. The, the Zion and the city of David here are put together. So notice that both of these loom large in history, in Israel's history and uh, in the prophets. Okay. So Zion was the city of David and evidently was part of the whole place part of uh, on the on the mountain where Jerusalem was located all right questions about verse 7 all right verse 8 Bayomer David Bayom hahu kol make yevusi veyega batsinor veet ha pischim veet ha ivrim okay I'll try to see what this is um Senue nefesh David, Alkain Yomru Iver U Pisach Lo Yavo El Habait. All right, this is an obscure. What exactly he's talking about? <clears throat> we'll do our best though. And uh, at that time, by Yom Hahu, okay. At that time, David said, Kol Make Yavusi. Okay, everybody see Make? That's from the root Naka, means to hit or to strike. And notice that it is a hifil participle. Singular, in construct. That's why it's make with a tsere rather than make with a segol. So it's in construct with jebusite, yevusi. So at that time, David said, um, every striker of the jebusite, so everyone who smites, every smiter of the jebusite, everybody see that? Okay, every, everyone who smites the jebusite, veyiga, see the root is from naga, okay, um, and here it seem, seems to mean something like he will approach him or touch him or get to him. Vayiga, um, batzinor. A zinor is a very rare word, and it seems to mean a water conduit or a tunnel. Okay. So everyone, every striker of the Jebusite, um, he should approach in the water conduit. And et ha pischim, and the lame, and et ha ivrim, and the blind, blind. Now you got this form here, okay? What the heck is all that? Notice the root of sana, to hate. And you have several different things you can you can do here. Notice that the way it's pointed. Without the consonants, they want you to read a yud instead of a final vav and take this as a call passive participle, plural, in construct. So hated of. Okay. So you would translate it if you went by the Koray as hated by the soul of David. Alright. The way the Masoretes have the way the consonantal text goes, it looks like it should be. San U, they hate. 
All right, a call perfect third common plural. So it would be and uh, the um, and whoever whoever touches and let him touch in the conduit, let him approach him in the conduit, and the lame and the blind, okay, then it has to be something like whom the soul of David hates. But that's a difficult reading, see? Notice that um, the Qumran, see there's a note, the flag on the play, letter B, 6 or uh, 8B. The Qumran has a third feminine singular, so it makes Nefesh David the the uh, subject, the soul of David hates, which kind of makes the most sense here. So let his, so all any striker of the Jebusites, okay, let him approach or come near in the water conduit. And the uh, bl the lame and the blind, the soul of David loathes or hates. Okay. See, that doesn't make sense. I mean, it's very obscure. Therefore, they say, Yomru, Iver, that's, that's the word for blind person, and Pesach is the word for lame person, singulars. Therefore, they say, a blind person and a lame person shall not enter to the house. Okay, and evidently that's probably referring to the sanctuary or maybe David's house. Um, and notice that it seems to be tied together with the insult that the Jebusites gave David. You, a blind person can take you, see? And so um, what David, David captures it and says in response, anyone who smites the Jebusite, um, let him go into the co water conduit. So evidently that is referring to the way that David got into the city. Remember, the city was fortified, it was up high, which is why the Jebusites had a lot of confidence that they couldn't be conquered. But, but that's probably what it's referring to. And so David is referring to the blind and the lame here um, kind of sarcastically. All right. So, yeah, you're the blind and lamed, and we defeated you kind of thing. But, again, these verses are obscure, and you'll see a flag on the play in every English translation. Hebrew is very uncertain here because it's really hard mm -hmm. to kind of see what's going on. And, of course, there may be textual problems too, you know. Okay, so that's the best I can do for you. Second Samuel has a lot of text critical issues with it, actually. All right, good. Um, any other questions on verse 8 that I can untie? It only makes vague sense to me, too, so don't worry about it. All right? Verse 9 gets a little clearer. Vayeshev David ba-metsuda vayakra la-ir David. Vayivan David Saviv Min Hamilo Va Baita. All right. So David lived, Vayeshev. See, so David lived in the Metsuda. He lived in the um, fortification. All right. Namely, he lived in Zion, notice, because in verse 7 it was the fortification of Zion that he captured. So he lived in the fortification. We're assuming it's Zion. And he called it, see, Vayikra La, he called it. Ir David, the city of David. So Kara is probably better translated here, named it. And he named La, it, namely the city, the Ir David, the city of David. All right. Vayiven, ah, from what root, first year guys? 
Bana. Very good. We've seen that a million times, right? And he built, and David built Saviv. And David built all around. <clears throat> so, you know, he had the fortification of Zion, and I think he's talking about the surroundings. Saviv is the adverb. He built all around from the Milo. Now, no one quite knows what the Milo is. <clears throat> it's usually translated as the citadel of the city. He built all around from the citadel, Vabaita. And notice that's bite with a locative hay. All right. So he built all around from the Milo and to the house. So some suggest it means from the Milo inward. And, and if the Milo is a, some, some suggest the Milo is an earthenwork kind of structure or something like that. But uh, it seems that he's giving just a basic kind of outline of David's building, you know, where he built on the city. So he lived in Zion and built kind of all around Zion, probably from Zion outward or something like that. Um, it's hard to say again what that means in verse 9. Okay? Questions? Yes? Uh, how much stake do we put in the, uh, the, the Syriac where uh, omitting it? I mean, I, I'm just curious textually, certainly, where it comes yeah. in the translation. I mean, oh, yeah. See, notice. Well, yeah, the Syriac um, yeah, leaves out min hamilo and then that first vav. Um, yeah, it's hard to say how much credence to give it. I mean, that, the milo occurs in a number of other places, so it's not the only place it occurs. Um, who knows? I mean, I would say that the Syriac has less weight because it's usually based yeah. on Septuagint, something like that. So... There's no Septuagint here. There's no, the Septuagint that's seems that's to agree with the Hebrew. Yeah, I'd have to check and see. And uh, I don't know what exactly the Qumran would say on it. So, yeah, you have the Syriac that omits it. How much weight to give that omission? I would tend not to give it much weight. Okay? Uh, you know what? Yeah, Joe. They also kind of like make mention that, uh, that the Septuagint says uh, like his house. Yes. And his house. Yeah. His house will be in the middle of the fortification. Yeah. Right. See, that's an interesting. That is, it leaves the locative hay off the bite. And it makes, in a sense, it solves a problem, right? It's an easier reading, in a sense. So um, it makes, and it does make more sense. Uh, And like I said, you're going to find textual issues like this, especially in 2 Samuel. And here's one of them. Um, yeah, so notice what the, I mean, if you guys just want to look at what the Septuagint does, it seems to not have the locative hay. Um, so it has from the Milo and the house, and namely and his house it has. So maybe it has, actually it may have by toe or something like that, and his house. Kind of interesting. All right. Verse 10 takes the end of the paragraph. Vayelek David. Ah, here's a good construction. Vayelek David halok vegadol. Vayahweh Elohets avotim mo. Okay, Vayelek. And David went. Now, what kind of form is this halok? What is that? Infinitive absolute. Gadol. Another infinitive absolute. Notice the big fat mater vavs there with the big fat comets is under the first root letter. Tells you that those are infinitive absolutes. And remember, when you have a construction like 
halok and another infinitive or another participle, it usually is continuous action with that other participle. So, so David went along by Yalek. Kind of this is a very general sense. It doesn't mean he was literally walking, but it's, it's time passing. I don't know what the best English word for it is. Okay, So the halok and gadol, remember gadol means to become great. So he kept getting greater and greater. Stronger and stronger is what we'd say. So David proceeded uh, getting stronger and stronger. That's that halok vegadol. All right? Or something like, so David went along and got stronger as he went. But it doesn't mean see, he's walking somewhere. It just means as time passes, he kept amassing more power. Vayahweh, the god of Zevaot, the god of armies, Imo, was with him. See? So notice that that second clause, started, starting with Avav and Yahweh, explains why he kept getting stronger. Yahweh was with him. All right? All right, very good. Any questions through that? We'll have to stop there. And uh, we'll continue with the story of David. We're getting to an in- interesting section of the book. Yeah, you got it right at the end. Sorry about that, man. Where's Jim today? He was eating cookies downstairs. I know.